This is a podcast from Minute Media. Oh. <laughs> it would be a wolf's fun, eh? Hello everyone, and welcome to the Wolves Fancast. It's for first time in, seems like four years, it's Stu hosting, so who knows what's going to happen. With me today is uh, Jafo. Good evening. Well, the, well clean, I was going to say clean-shaven Jafo for his uh, few appearances so far, I thought he was a different person altogether. And, um, and Tom, not posh Tom, normal Wolverhampton Tom, hello. Oh, so I'm not posh, oh, thanks lads, yeah, no. even though. That was the debate we had in the group before you were entered into the uh, into the realm. That which way to define you, and it was I, I came up with hard angle Tom with your webcam being as it is. Yeah, and it, yeah. it was a hard angle Tom and posh Tom, and now he's been rebranded as Cheltenham Tom, which is probably nicer for everyone all round. Yeah, but yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. So, I mean, before we kind of get into this chaos <laughs> of what happened yesterday, how have you found it so far being part of the uh, the club, so to speak? Yeah, it's yeah, been good. So. It's been good to talk about Wolves uh, uh, quite openly and you know, talk to people who've got a similar mindset and who, who aren't like one end of the batshit crazy spectrum, <laughs> <laughs> like most of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, same here, really. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've listened to I've listened to you guys for like years and years. It's just weird to be this side of it, but yeah, something I'm, I'm enjoying. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So, I mean, I, when I was sitting there this afternoon, I was thinking, how do we even start with this because I don't know about you but when did you when did you snap out of it I haven't (laughs) I'm still in like the calm depression that follows a a, a defeat that feels like that it was just it was just brutal it's just the whole the the capitulation of the whole game just just seemed to just send us all into this you know uneventful just like I don't know how to, how to describe it, but it was just a feeling of overall just calm anger. I think it was the best way somebody put it. Calm anger, yeah. Well, if we can get bounce back ability into the dictionary, calm anger should go in next to yeah. the uh, next to the semi final. <laughs> yeah, I was I was at work this morning and I didn't. I mean, I, I tweeted out about this earlier. I didn't speak to anyone <laughs> until I left because <laughs> I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I couldn't look at anyone in the face. <laughs> So yeah, I thought you'd done something wrong. Yeah, not so much the same myself. So I was livid. I've got a, a, a woman at work and her husband's a, a Leeds fan. And I was pissed off with oh. her, even though it's absolutely nothing to do with her whatsoever. But I was just uh, she's like, I enjoyed the game last night. And I just, yeah, just walked away. But did she say in a smug way? Or was no, it... she, to be fair, she was all right. Because she, she couldn't decide what was better. Because uh, she couldn't decide. <laughs> cause I, I, yeah, she works for me. So I, she couldn't decide if she wanted a, another half who was miserable or a boss who was miserable on a Saturday. So she was undecided anyway. Yeah, it's, oh. I think someone. I mean, there was a lot of tweets saying that it was like the semi-final again, and for sheer amount of like gut punch in this, it probably was. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It was just the way, yeah, the way it went. It was just yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, that was that the last was that the last time we probably threw away a two-goal lead 
for a loss. I'd probably guess it probably was. Might be wrong. In yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't think of one. I think it was Leeds' first time they've come back from it in the Premier League ever from a two-goal deficit, which is weird to think, especially in that Champions League side that they had. Um, so I think it's probably best just to rewind back to the happier times or happier times when the lineup came out. And obviously we had, we had changes with Willy Bolly coming back in, Eight Nuri coming back in, and sticking to the three-man midfield. What was your first thought about that, Jafar? Because I know we talked a lot about the the kind of the weak points of the three man midfield and how it sti- seems to stifle us going forward. In theory, against the lead side in relegation trouble, what did you think going into it when you saw that lineup? Um, I mean, the, the first thing though was just, I was just happy that we got the right sort of defensive setup again. I, I wasn't too bothered to see uh, Kilman drop out again for Bolly. But yeah, if you talk about the midfield, um, it, it, it was to- I, I kind of think he did the right thing to try and match up against Leeds uh, because of the high press and the high energy. And it, it seemed like the right idea at the time. But the only problem is, like you say, it hinders us. And when you've got um, Jimenez and um, Pedence, they don't seem to have that sort of relationship that Huang and Jimenez do. And they mm. don't seem to play. They both seem to drop quite deep. So we never really have anyone who can break the line and, and run in behind. Like when we've got Huang on the pitch, you know, we can we can go past the last defender. Yeah. I think... I mean, I don't think... I mean, Pedence in a two doesn't really work for me. And I was walking up the... I know we skip around the timeline a bit, but I was walking up the, up the slope with a Leeds fan who didn't want to kill me for a change. Um, and he was saying that little number ten. Why is he always on the floor? Mm-hmm. And it, does I mean Tom? Does he do that more when he's in a front two than a front three, or is it just my imagination? Um, I do just it all the time, doesn't he? I think yeah, he, he likes to go down a little bit, doesn't he? Um, I think he does need to knock that out of his game because I think it's starting to frustrate the Wolves fans now as well. Because sometimes he'll do it to the team's detriment, which is you know he'll stay on the floor when we're defending and things like that, and you can tell he's not. He's just he's just milking it a little bit. Um, I'm surprised a few of the senior lads, particularly like Matinho, and I know Matinho will, will do it, but he does it a lot smarter than Pedence. Um, I'm surprised they haven't sort of got into him about that because um, certainly as a fan from a fan base point of view, I think he's started to rile a few people up now. Yeah, I mean he was he was doing it at Everton as well, and I think that seemed to be when like people I've visibly heard people kind of moaning about it. Because the odd one in here and there, you don't. I mean, you don't want to see, it, but you don't mind as much if it's the odd occasion. But it seems like he's spent more time on the floor than standing up in the last month or so. Um, and I said bringing the Dendonka back in, which is kind of polarising at best. I thought he did okay, you know, to start with, especially with in his role in that kind of weird. Right hand side, advanced but not advanced kind yeah, of position that he, it's like a he occupies. Type, yeah, it's a hybrid type, bizarre role, isn't it? To be fair, but no, I agree. I thought he did right. Actually, I thought he did right for the ninety minutes. To be honest, I, I don't think he, he he did much wrong. To be fair to him, um, yeah, yeah, no complaints about him. I just think he when he when he is in that two, it just it 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 just highlights the sides of his game where he's not as strong, and I just. I think that's where people you know, get fixated on it and get fixated on <laughs> things that he doesn't do right rather than what yeah. he does do well. 
that, like you say, when he was in the three and he could break the lines with 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 his running and and try and stretch the defence. That's the good side of Dendonka, and it's the side that he shouldn't really be good at the way he's built. But it's 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 the side that a lot of people don't fixate you know fixate on and don't look at, and people are so focused on the negative attributes and 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 to, to be honest, the way he moves and the way he runs, people. <laughs> People look at these things and, and just get madly like focused on everything that's weird about him. Yeah, I think we, we've been. I mean, me and Kim on here, especially, of not his biggest fans. But again, that is in a two. And when he's asked to do things, I mean, it's not his fault that he's asked to do things that he can't do. And that's kind of where you, you have to kind of separate the criticism from being rational and logical about these things sometimes. But, and one of the biggest problems he's got is he's just he's not Neves or Matinho. Yeah, I think that's what people you know they're expecting you know some baller in the middle of the pitch and that's not what he is. Um, you've got to take him for how he is or, or or not at all. And yeah, granted, I don't you can't build a team around him. And if we want to go places, he's he's a squad player at best. But but you know you can't dismiss him. You know just just ad hoc. You know he's just he is what he is. And yet, when the first turning point of the mental night <laughs> happened and Neves got injured, to bring on Trincao was... I mean, I've got to a point now where, <laughs> before yesterday, <laughs> that what is the point anymore? Because the people who like him and people who see what he's got are there, but then you've got the vast majority of other people who it's just rolling up that he's even around. So when he was brought on, I was kind of... Oh no! This is going to be another fight against the bloke, like four seats across, who's who slags him off for breathing. So it was I mean, when you look at the options on the bench, we had um, we had Huang, Kundal, Fabio. Was there really and Chiquinho, Obviously, was there really any other choice that, at that point in the game who would who would come on for you, Tom? Uh, no, I don't think so. I know. I think um, I think whether that would played into Bruno's thinking when he actually picked the team in the first place. You know, maybe he he almost set the system up with three centre mids because you know okay, he'd have had to play. Quang obviously wasn't fit for ninety minutes, so otherwise he'd have played. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. Um, Trincao seems to fall out of favour. Chiquinho's too raw. So I think did he stumble on the formation rather than it was it was a choice. But um, I mean, if you look at it, I think. You know, even with Ed Neves off the pitch, it really made a difference how we played. And instantly, we seemed a lot more threatening, and we had a lot more options. He got up that side a lot more, obviously, than Dendonka did, which is to be expected. Um, and yeah, I think that sort of really turned the game in our favour. Yeah, and then, and then obviously, he's, he's well, is his first involvement in the game where he's, he's running down the wing and. Were your thoughts, Jafo, that he's going to mess this up as soon as he got in that position? I just thought he was just going to hit the fullback. He was just going to hit the first man and then that'd be it. Let's just get, move over. But yeah, his dribbling was fantastic. And the way that he, he found Johnny and, and we were able to hit the back of the net with that, with that and that was fantastic. It's something that we haven't seen from Trinko is that, that end product. And it's, you know, it's several players who've played for us in the last few years who we could level, level that against without naming any names, Barcelona boy. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, he, he did well. But I mean, I'll probably talk about it later on as we talk about the second half. But I thought we saw both sides of him yesterday. I thought in the first half when he came on, he was very good. 
And then we got to the second half, we started to see the side of him I don't like, which is that what can be very lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't trap back and work hard enough when <laughs> majority of the time he does. And and to, to hop back to when Neves went off, um, there's only really him and Kundal who could have come on. And we, I talked about it a fair few weeks back now, is that he, he went almost when we defend, he sits in as a third centimetre anyway because he sits a lot deeper than where Pedence takes up his defensive position. And we take up yeah. this this almost three across the middle. So that, that and that's why he's so high in the pressure table um, and, and pressures and uh, positions. Um, but the one thing is, is he's not consistent enough. He can't do it over a full game. No. I don't know whether it's a mindset issue, and I, or I don't know whether it's just he can't can't be bothered. I don't know. I don't want to <laughs> accuse him of anything, but there's something just ain't quite hundred percent about him, and I'm still not sure. Yeah, it's. I mean, for me, it's the adapting period, and the fact that it's now what seven, eight months in, and he still doesn't. Do you, I mean, oh, we can't be slagging him off now. No, that's later. Um, but I, I think. For what you did say, things that he do, he hasn't done so far, that assist was with his right foot as well. He didn't cut back, and we haven't seen that from him. Like almost like he doesn't trust his right foot, and obviously that's come with coaching and well, you would say confidence. But he's been left out since Neto and the boys have been back in town. So yeah, I mean, so you kind of seen the reaction in him as well as soon as soon as that assist. I mean, leading on to the shot that he had against the post. <laughs> Great strike, yeah, absolutely. I think there's a. I don't know how long he's on the pitch for because I can't. I can tell you how long that first half was at the end. But um, that half an hour, he's done more in that half an hour than he's done throughout all the other games combined for me. But he, he was fantastic that first half. He was absolutely fantastic, and it, I thought that's the guy that we'd signed when he originally came in. And if he can, if he can play like that consistently, I know yeah, that's that's the big issue as Jeff has just pointed out. But if he plays like that consistently for the rest of the season, you know. Maybe, maybe he's got a future, but jury's out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk about, I mean, how he played like that. I mean, he played better than in that first half than Raul and Pedence combined. Yeah, and even the silly little nonsense flicks and stuff. He did. I think he did one, and it actually came off. You thinking, oh wow, yeah, he does that all the time, and it's just one of these things with confidence, obviously, where. And a bit of luck as well, where things are going for him, he tries it and it comes off, and everything seems to work for him. And then, which leads on to the second goal. And how would you even describe that goal, Jeff? Because is it is it a, is it a, is it a placed shot, or is it a, is it a lo- or is it a low drill? I, I call it placed. It's a cultured finish. It's <laughs> cultured. yeah. I think if it's an Englishman who'd have done it, I think it's a low drill. Just because it's, <laughs> it's a cultured place shot. But it was a lovely goal. He, he, um, yeah, he took it exceptionally well. I know he went through a lot of uh, players, and uh, Melier saw it late, but he's put that right in the corner. And I love the reaction when when he scored. The reaction every player on the pitch, including Jose Sarr, they'd all run down and they all surrounded him. So the the camaraderie in our team, just, it always surprises me. Well, never ceases to amaze me, really. <laughs> just like how much they all support each other, and uh, you know say to each other, you know, well done, pat on the back and just um, you know, celebrate as a team and as a as a as a pack, as Nuno probably would have said. 
I think if he yeah. if he's not if he's you know he's not had that rasping shot if he's not had the assist if he's not doing those flicks that that came off I, I think he slashes at that and and it goes over the bar or he, he, you know it hits a man but because he was having one of those games where you know where things were coming off he's he's had the confidence then to just yeah to place from the bottom corner perfectly it was uh, yeah it was a really well taken goal yeah I mean you look at the I mean, the shot that hit the post I mean that was I mean you compare that shot alone to the the thing that he skied at Everton last week. Yeah. Completely different situation. So, yeah, you, you, you absolutely bang on there. That it's He seems... Let's say... I hate saying that confidence player because it's like, well, you're a professional footballer. You should be able to do it all the time. But he seems more than anyone else in that squad that to be the ultimate confidence player, which, with Wolves fans being as they are, is not ideal, really. Yet he's still he he man he's manned up and he's put himself out there and he's put that performance in first half, which a lot of people did. And it's almost it's almost like here we we do we give man of the match for first half and second half because it's yeah. <laughs> it's such a mental game. I mean, I can't think of a game that's had that many substitutions and injuries. I mean, we was looking through, and it, the the third sub for Leeds was a concussion one, so it doesn't count. But can you remember that the last, if there, uh, well, it, it must have happened somewhere, but the last time it happened, where you had three subs from one team in the first half. Nah. The, the only time you can think is if if, if Jose Mourinho was losing the game three <laughs> 0 and about thirty minutes in, he, he he makes all three changes. That's the sort of game that you'd expect. But yeah. to talk talk about actually Leeds first. Um, substitution Bamford going off that whole ruling with the offside it's it's absolutely insane it, and it's it, it it was we're waiting for that sort of situation where someone's going to get hurt and Bamford's probably one of the first ca- uh, casualties of it where he rolled his ankle and it almost happened a couple of times in in the game last night and I just, I, I don't know whether they need to to look at that in the summer because like you say someone's going to get hurt um, and there's going to be a serious collision, and um, and someone's career might actually end on 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 that that ruling. But it, uh, I've had the, we've we've had this argument before, and everyone always says someone's going to get hurt. But we've had two seasons of this, and no one has. <laughs> and yeah. it, it, it's all right. It's all it. It seems like the logical thing to think because. You're going to get Herbert doing something that you shouldn't be doing. But I think the problem now, I mean, Andy in our other group chat, Cage Fighting, go and listen there for film news and reviews. Um, that we were talking about it earlier, but in the um, in the Middlesbrough game, how the linesman was still waiting, and obviously there was no VAR in the in the champion even FA Cup games in the Championship stadiums. And it's almost like habit now, where they know the rules. The, the rules are that if it's if you've got a, any doubt, then leave it, leave it alone because it can be fixed later. But they're not doing it ever. They're not doing it at all. Yeah, that's my issue with it, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was there was a few. I remember second half. I mean, I, I, we'll get on the officiating the officiating later. But um, there's ones where it's literally five yards offside. I think there was one second half where Dan James got put through, and mm. even he stopped. But the yeah. linesman didn't bother putting his flag up, even though it was five yards offside. So I had to rush out, sort of make it, you know, sort of slide at someone's feet um, and then he put the flag up after that I mean it's lunacy if doubt shouldn't be five yards doubt should be <laughs> no. a, a couple, couple of yards and they yeah you're absolutely right I should have taken the piss a bit now 
it's almost it, I'm gonna say it was cowardice, but that it's probably cowardice and them being completely inept at their own jobs because that it's almost like they can't be asked anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you talk a, a protest that on oh, the machines have took our jobs and all this kind of nonsense, but there's no excuse because it doesn't happen anywhere else. If you watch games in the Bundesliga, games all out, every other country they still do this. If it's obvious, they flag. They do it in the Champions League. If it's obvious, they flag. It's only here. But yeah, like you said, we'll get onto that that extended rant later on. Let's <laughs> talk um, about about Raúl. And that that first booking, and what he's, he seemed like he was on one again from the very start. And is this now a case of he's getting too wound up before it's games? Mad. It's mad. It's, it's, this, it, it almost happened again, and the crowd knew it was yeah. going to happen. Yeah. yeah. As soon as he, give, he, he had the yellow card, and he stood up, and he stood in front of the ball again. And he's trying to block the block the pass, and he, the whole crowd's like, "Back up, back up, back up! Just leave it, leave it, leave it!" I'm just like, "Just roll, don't, because it's stupidity." And we've we've mm. talked about stupid stupid red cards quite a lot recently because of ones against us with the Everton game and the Arsenal game. I don't want to be one of those clubs where the players are so getting themselves so wound up that they're doing stupid things and removing themselves from one, two, three games consistently yeah. because they can't control their, their anger and they can't control their emotion on a football pitch. And if Raul's going to keep doing that, it'd become a liability to the team. And I don't want that to be the case because he's been such an important player over the last few years that I want him to continue to support the team. But if it goes too far the one way, he will be a liability and they will have to look at his future at the club. Yeah. Um, where do you, I don't think we've, that's his. Where do you sit at Molyneux? Uh, Billy Wright Upper. I'm Steve Pullupper. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I, I'm in as the, there, <laughs> J4, um, back row. That, when he was cleaner and when he jumped in the air for that challenge, mm-hmm. it was a blatant dive. There was no contact whatsoever. I was and there's freeze frames of uh, from the footage on telly when they slowed it down and there was Leeds fans. Oh, he died because he was right in front of them. He did dive. There was no contact at all. There was there's probably about a good foot foot and a half space between him and whoever was chasing him back. He's already on a yellow card. He's almost got himself sent off in the centre circle. Then he's doing that, and you think, why? Just why? What are you doing? <laughs> And it's almost like, we can't say brain dead, obviously, but there's something wrong with him that he keeps doing this. And he's getting, you are right, Jeffo, he's, he's getting to the stage where someone needs to have a word with him. Maybe he needs, maybe he needs counselling or something. I mean, who knows? It's, it, it could have quite, it could have affected him more than we actually know because he, he seems like a different person on the pitch than he was pre-injury. Yeah, okay. he got to a stage oh, yeah. now as well where he'd, he'd rather do an overhead kick in the box than, oh, try, that... to, than try and head the ball. That's twice now. Um, yeah. It's a bit annoying. At the, well, and that's putting it nicely. Um, yeah, okay. He, he, he's, he's, I, can, I get it. I get it. But you can't have a centre forward, a sole lone centre forward who won't head the ball in the box. It's just not feasible. Um, he does it defensively. 
Your first yeah. man, he clears the ball loads. Why is it different in the box? And like you say, maybe it's a mentality thing. And I love the bloke. I love the bloke. Probably, you know, best night number nine since ball. But um, you, you, like you say, it's the loyalty thing. You can, it only goes so far sometimes. Yeah. I mean, we talked about him on pre-Southampton away. Um, saying, I mean, I think that was a run of six games and he hadn't really done anything at all. And we're saying, when is the time to drop him? Because, again, like you just said, loyalty only goes so far. And we were talking then, and he played really well in that game. It was like he was back to his old self, especially the way he turned and, and got his shot away. And then, but there's something, like it's almost like that headband is cursed. <laughs> because he maybe he, does, he just doesn't trust it with like pinpoint accuracy. Maybe that's what it is. But I, I'd completely forgot about that over a kick with everything else that was going on because I, I mean, I, as you know, the the, uh, the tin cladding at the back of the steeple, I turned around and punched that for the first time in a, a good four years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frustration because it is, uh, you do it once last week, it doesn't work. You then don't do it for a while because it's silly and there's no need. But yeah, it's, uh, it's like it's, it's in the same category as all those flicks around the box, isn't it? When you could just play a simple inside pass, you know, pass the yeah. inside of your foot, you'd rather just do a Cruyff or something like that just to try and make it look a bit fancy. Um, I think I don't. Th I think that's more important to the players than it is the fans sometimes. Okay, fan, it's nice when it comes off, and it, okay if you're three, four, and it look fair enough. But I remember he did that. He did about two or three times against West Ham in the last five minutes. Um, yeah. And then. If I don't want to knock, I don't want to sound like I'm knocking him so much, but um, I mean, he slipped over, didn't he? About three yards out when he just had to put the ball in for that one. And then did he have yeah. another one? Did he have another chance where he tried to lob the keeper and he just fluffed oh. it all together? Um, yeah. You know, it should, it could and very easily should have been, like, you know, sort of three, four at half time, to be honest. And then obviously it's a different game. Yeah, that that one with. <laughs> he didn't even need to lob the keeper. He could have took it round him. He could have slotted it past him. He could have done anything, but he tried the spectacular again. And. It, it, I don't know. It's almost like he's trying too hard. But going into halftime, and you, you just said that your uh, your privileged position in the uh, in the expensive seats, Jafar. What was the atmosphere <laughs> like in um, at halftime? Because in the Steve Bolt, I mean, there was the singing of Leeds are falling apart again, and we, there's never singing at halftime in the Steve Bolt upper ever. And it, it it was almost like party time. Yeah, everyone was pumped. Like even even over at, at, at my side, where it's normally quiet as anything. Everyone was just excited because it just felt like that sort of energy that we had in the Watford game was back, and and the way that we we've been playing and it's, it's almost like um, what Bruno Lager was doing at Benfica and the way that he was he was relentless attacking, never mm. giving your opponent an inch and don't back down because when you know two nil is a dangerous scoreline as we found out, it's like keep going, keep going, keep going, never stop. And yeah. It was nice. It's nice we're starting to see that evolution, but I don't know. It's just not quite there with some of the players yet. No, which is to be expected, really. I mean, he's he's got one player in Huang, who's well, and Trincao, who's his really. The, the rest of he's he's going to play. He's, he's he's messing with sloppy seconds, but not that not that bad. Um, so. You got the, the festivities of half time, and like you are right, Jim, when he's um, he's Benfica sides. When we, are, I think I watched him two or three times in the Champions League, as you do with these things. And he said later on in his interview that that first half was the best we've seen, and you can't really argue with that, can you, Tom? No, it was really good. I, I thought what was really telling was after the first goal, after the Leeds got scared to press, 
because we were playing it mm. through them. So they actually stopped doing it because they knew they were just going to get mullered. They'd send all the men forward. So, that you know, I mean, that's that's a good indication for me that, that you know, we were pummeling them, basically. And it, if that red card doesn't happen, that's a Watford for me. I think that's a three or a four. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's it, the, the, that game hinged on, on one moment and one moment only. Yeah, okay, stuff happened. We're going to get onto it, but some stuff happens afterwards, of course, and the, 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 a lot of which could have been prevented. But li- that game was decided by an idiot with a whistle at the end of the day. And going on to what we said about, like you said, that Leeds stopped pressing. I think that was the reason why you went with the five in, in midfield to start with, any, well, three midfield anyway to start with, because of what happened in the game at Ellen Road. Like when he didn't, he didn't react um, against Palace, and he played the same formation as he did away from home as well. This time he changed it up, and to start with, he thought, okay, this is how we're going to match them. And when in reality it was Trincao and how we battered them for the first goal, and they sunk back into themselves, and Dendonka in a two actually played well. Yeah, yeah. Pedence kept dropping deep as well, I think, to pick the ball up, and that just gave us another outlet. Even without Nevers, I thought we were going to struggle without Nevers, to be honest, because um, obviously so integral to those sort of triangles that we play, you know, in the you know when we're when we're playing it out. Um, but no, I, I thought, yeah, like you say, it was it, it was really good, yeah. And I don't know if that was part of the reason why Pedent stayed on the pitch and he didn't bring on a centre forward when we went down to ten because he was the one often taking it, you know, from from, from the from the defenders. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was an impressive, a very impressive first half. I think he he learned a lot of lessons from the from the first game. So, when we, we are, we've gone half hour, <laughs> metaphorical gloves are off. Or if you're a posty or you listen to this first thing in the morning, then join in, be enraged again. I mean, to be fair, we had the halftime disco, which was nice and interesting. Which is, I, I wasn't, I wasn't mad at, especially with the uh, party atmosphere. But yeah, who wants to jump in front of the uh, the bomb first? And I'll be honest. As they were running towards each other, I turned around to my mum and I said, one of these is going to go if they mess it up. And so, until I saw the replay, when I got back in the car, I I wasn't as mad as everyone else. And from that point, then I was. So... The floor is yours, gentlemen. I, I haven't seen it. I, I've refused to watch it because I feel like it was going <laughs> to... Mate, don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. <laughs> if you feel bad now, don't do it to yourself. Yeah. I, I just, it looked pure 50-50. So that's what I'm going to stick with. And, and I, don't, I think neither of them should have had a booking because they're both trying to get go for the ball. It's just a fair challenge. And, and to be fair, Melier is 10 yards outside of his own box. Where an outfield player should be, I don't know. It's just madness. It was just pure madness. But that's going back to Raul's eagerness again. I think. I think. It's, I think. I think on this one, it's so hard to criticize. You can't criticize yeah, him for it. Just, I think you've got. You've got to go for that. You've got to go for it. it. Yeah. 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 And I, I've been critical on here. You know, about people pulling out of tackles, and it'd be hypocritical now to have a go at Ralph for going in for that. You know, because you want to see your players going for it. At no point does he look at Melier whatsoever. I think he even sort of pulls his body out of the when you watch your back. He pulls his body almost out of the way to try and avoid the collision as best he can. Um, I had mates texting me, neutral fans saying that they didn't know what you know it wasn't a it wasn't a booking basically, and then that's before I'd seen the replay, and I think that's usually a bit of an indicator. I think because sometimes, obviously, we we do we all do it, you know, you look at it with your rose tinted glasses on. But I had neutrals saying 
it was a bad decision. Yeah, there was a poll on Sky Sports Twitter saying, and it was 32, out of 32,000 people who replied, was it a booking, yes or no? 80% said no booking. Yeah. And when there's that many people saying that, you kind of think, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but again, this, I mean, Kevin Friend was awful. It's just, he was awful for, for both teams for the majority of the game, as usual. But this doesn't, these things seem to happen to Wolves first before anyone else in the entire world, <laughs> where this is the, a, a case of an absolutely glaring error that could easily be fixed by a replay, but because it's a second yellow, it can't be. And if it, would, if it had gone sent off straight away, that would have been rescinded straight away. No problem. No problem whatsoever looking at that replay. No, I mean, Melier's injured himself pretty much. Um, but because he's not and he's booked him, he then can't, he can either listen to advice in his ear, which he's not supposed to do. So that's out of the question. Or he leaves it as it is. But because he's he's so eager to do something, he sent he's he's giving him a second yellow, knowing full well that that can't be overturned. And when it seems that he must have had been absolutely sure that it was a that it was Rell's fault, which <laughs> you've then got to call in. You, yeah, you've then got to call into question his suitability to be a ref. <laughs> yeah, there's a realm of common sense that he's not really thought about. Hmm. He shouldn't be so certain about that yellow card. He should be, okay, let the boys at, at VAR look at it and say, okay, is that dangerous play? Because if it's a dangerous play, it's a straight red. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the way that we view the game now. So he shouldn't be booking him. He should be waiting for the advice. And it's just, this, like you said, the standard of refereeing, and especially Kevin Friend, is pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. And it makes me apoplectic with rage to watch the standard that we have compared to what they have in Germany and Italy and Spain. He's got a yeah. linesman on that side. Did he talk to him once? I, I didn't the see him talk to him once. Well, it'll be. So, right, okay. okay. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean that would be an interesting one. But at no point, his foot's not raised. It's 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 nothing. It's just it's one of those collisions that happens. Um, Carragher didn't think it was a red, I think, from, from what I gathered on the... Um, Watching it back on Sky Sports, he thought it was harsh. Um, yeah. I think it was like, yeah, Kevin Friend, let's make the game a bit more interesting, shall we? <laughs> I mean, this is a guy as well who had to apologise for a bad decision he made in the Championship on Tuesday. Publicly apologise. And yet he's able to play one of the very handful, well, how many games? Four games of the Premier League this weekend? Yeah. Friday night football, he gets to ref that game after apologising in the Championship. And there was an interesting thing on Twitter that came up earlier that I put in the group chat about referees' away win percentage, which sounds like the most like tin, fat, tin hat conspiracy thing ever. But when you look at Kevin Friend, away teams that he referees, at 13 appearances, 61% away wins. Now, I know that doesn't go into who the... Who the them teams are, there could be Liverpool, Man City, blah, 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 which you'd expect them to win anyway. But when you've got him, you've got John Brooks, three, 66%. Andre Mariner, 60%. Robert Jones, 55% away wins. These are all people that we've had at Molyneux who have been absolutely fucking awful. And yeah. even 
I mean, Mike Dean's Mike Dean. He's a bit of a laugh, But like Michael Oliver, 50-30-20, as, as you'd expect. Anthony Taylor, Chris Kavanagh. Like, average refs, even Darren England, 36-36-27. Which you'd expect, fair. But does this, this table that has appeared out, and now I've never seen this before today, does this say something now about these referees who are clearly... They've either got issues that they like being abused <laughs> um, or there's something worse going on here because it's beyond a joke now, surely. We've said it for ages. I mean, this year, more than ever, it's getting worse. I mean, it's getting worse. I mean, again, try and look at things from a non-Wolves point of view. I mean, that we've got officials who they can see a replay 20 times and still get to the wrong decision. That Rodri handball for... Man City versus Everton was an absolute <laughs> disgrace. Um, you had uh, Sanchez on Diaz, nearly took his head off. Um, not even... Was it, was it even looked at? I can't... I don't, it, would, I can't it, it would have been looked at in, in VAR, but not on the screen. It's, uh, it, absolute... It's becoming a bit of a farce, no. It really is. Uh, the Matinho, Matinho won. That was John Moss special, obviously. Uh, but then VAR looked at it, didn't decide to overturn it. Um it's, it, it's and like you say, you look at other leagues; it just doesn't happen. And there's a, there's a reason for it. There's a reason why English refs don't get to manage the ref in good in big tournaments anymore because they're shit. Yeah, Oliver's I mean, all right. I quite like Oliver. I think he's all right, but there aren't many. You think that they'd have somebody with football experience um, involved with the VAR thing, so that somebody they could give it a neutral football opinion, someone who's actually mm. played the game and has an understanding of it, because. As far as I know, none of these referees have played at a decent level. I think maybe one of them was a, a, coach, a football coach, but none of them have ever been involved in football in a playing capacity at any level. So no. what they're doing and what their ideas they're coming up with and the, and the decisions they're coming up with are based on someone who's had no experience of the game. And they're all old boys now yeah. as well, aren't they? Like yeah. there's a there's a massive thing with it. They're, we had I can't remember which game it was. The best ref we had this year was it was his first game in the league, and I can't remember who it was. But he was young and he was really good. But there's this old boys brigade: Mike Riley, Dean, all of them. They're not they're, they're suppressing young refs coming through, and I think younger refs generally have probably have a better understanding of the game. You would think, wouldn't you? Uh, modern game. I don't think experience with refs sometimes comes into it too much. Oliver came in; they fast tracked him because he was good a ref. He was a good ref at a young age, yeah. um, and his dad, his dad was a ref as well. Exactly, it needs to be looked at. It's it's getting beyond a joke now, and we're not the only fans who think it. It's not no. just like a wolves conspiracy and all this sort of stuff. It's across the board. And you look at the um, the Jota one at Sellers against Palace. Yeah, yeah, that, that. That, that, yeah, that penalty. Oh, you know, the Tierney one, Tierney one as well. Kane and Liverpool was it? Yeah. Um, can't send an England captain off, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's um, it's madness. Kevin... And, 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 to be honest, I think, like you said, he was bad for both teams last night. I think Matinho got away with a couple. Oh, he should have got sent off. He, he should have got sent off. But he's he's wily, isn't he? He's he's really wily. But yeah, I mean, if you look at it like that, you can't say fairer than that. Look, he was a bad ref. It doesn't just because it was shit on both sides doesn't make it right. Just a shit ref. He shouldn't have been ref in that game. No, and he was uh, he was the one with that jot. One at Palace as well. Shock horror. Shock, yeah. But he's still refereeing the league. It's all right. You make as many mistakes as you want. Yeah, of course. But regardless of referees, 
what the hell happened after that? Yeah. Because um, I know we've we've got we've gone into ten men once before because of Raul again, um, and we we played really well. Still, we can kept our composure. I mean, maybe it was because we had longer to think about it. And we had a bit of a break, um, but I didn't. Th- I didn't have a massive issue in him not changing it and bringing Fabio on straight away. I thought, well, this is something that you give it 10 minutes and then if you need to, fine. Because of both of them to Pedenza and Trincao can come inside. They're going to they're gonna try and ride it out for five, 10 minutes, hog the wings, get the balls out to them and see what they can do. That's what I thought would happen. Um, I saw a lot of people on Twitter afterwards <laughs> screaming uh, that Bruno's got the game, game management wrong and he should have done something sooner. But other than a defender going off, a red card. How often do you see a striker being bought, bought on in that situation, Jafar? It's, it's a rarity. Um, I, I was I was talking about this on the way back actually about, from the game. I think he probably should have. For me, I think he should have bought Huang on pretty much just after it. But I think I think a lot of it with Bruno is he he, he isn't that experienced. He's yeah. only as a manager. He was at Benfica a short period of time. He's only been here a short period of time. You know, making them big, big decisions. He's not had a lot of experience in, 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 you know, first team management. And I think that's just something we've got to accept with him that he's going to make mistakes as a manager and he's going to um, have these instances where he gets things slightly wrong. But on a whole, he hasn't really done a lot wrong this season there's only really a couple of games where you can really say okay the team selection was either wrong or his decisions within the game were wrong which is Mm. fantastic for his his level of experience but it's something that i think we've just got to accept as fans is that if we want to stick with bruno long term and want to buy into the lager ball that you know we've got to accept he's not very experienced and he's going to make mistakes yeah yeah, I'm with but, you, Stuart. I think I think I wasn't overly concerned that he didn't change things instantly. I, I think also I think if you do it because you were playing the five at the back, well three at the back if you like, but the five at the back, you you've, if you you can only play what three, obviously three centre mids and then and then a and then a striker. So I think almost you got you can't put Trincao as, as one of the three in midfield, and you can't with Pedence. So you've probably got to make two subs if you want Fabio up front. Some you know potentially. Um, so yeah, and as I said, alluded to it earlier, I think Pedence was one of the ones who was dropping deep to try and yeah get the ball off the defenders, you know, toes a little bit and relieve a bit of pressure that way when they were playing out. Um, but yeah, if you if you if you play you know this sort of short for, short form game, then to revert to to long ball and put up to a striker to try and hold it up when you got ten men, it's a tricky switch to make mid game. Yeah. So. So the, then the first goal comes. And who I know, I know it's out Nuri completely misjudged the flight of the ball there, but still, there's a lot going on. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know. You you take it away. Well, I watched it back. I, I, obviously, I, like uh, watch your photo. I, I couldn't watch it back until I literally came on. I thought I better watch the goals back because I've got to talk about it. So. Um, but this is the first time I watched it back other than live. Um, but yeah, obviously it's Nate Norrie cock up number one. But then I don't know what the hell's happened after the balls hit the post. It's like 
I don't think Say's kicked it. I think Aylin's somehow taken it off his toe or something like that. But he's got to get that away. Cody's done brilliant on the line, and obviously then you you know from that point it's curtains. But it looked like almost Say's when I watched it live. I thought Say's had kicked it back at the goal. Um, but it's a strange one. I don't know if Aylin just took it, you know, hit it through his legs or something. But Say's has got to be quicker to react to that for me. Yeah, it was just unforced errors. Like I think every goal was an unforced error was involved somewhere, and we were the masters of our own demise because I know they were putting pressure on us and we were, you know, we were trying to hold in there. But every goal that we conceded, we made a mistake, mm-hmm. and that's not like us this season. We've been very controlled. We've been meticulous in the way that we've drilled our defenders, and to see us act like that and to to make the mistakes that we did in the way that we did in the manner that we you know, conceded the goals was shocking, really, more than anything. It was just n- not like Wolves under Lager. And it's hopefully it's something that we can not see again for a long time, really. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, well, if it, what he did to, um, what he did to Hoover's got, I think that kind of pales in comparison to what he's going to do to the rest of them <laughs> after that performance. Because, I mean, the second one, I mean, the second one, when he hits the post, fine. You expect a bit of chaos because that's a rare thing to do. But Sace, I mean, he's done that before. He's yeah. done that. He's sliced balls when there's been hardly any. He probably had time to bring it down and chest it as well to himself. And he's just got, again, a rush of blood to the head in the moment. And it's just led to absolute chaos. Yeah, we at all at sea. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if he clears it, you don't even have to think about anything else. To be honest, it is obviously clearly a, a size cock up, but Sars out of position. But he's probably, you know, he just he just gone right at the feet of someone to sort of block off. Uh, I think the rebound off the post, um, and then I'm assuming he's just waiting for Sars to clear it. But then he's obviously nowhere near the goal. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it, yeah, Sars has had a couple of mares there for me. Yeah, I mean, I love Sars, but. The one thing that, that, that annoys me is he's, he is prone to these mistakes. We, we've had it in in the past few weeks, uh, where he, where I think we were, I don't know what game it was, but the one where we lost one 0 and he he come out running out of position. It's West Ham, was it? Was it West Ham? Yeah, yeah, yeah left his man. Yeah. yeah, and he left his man, and he does these silly little. I don't know where, where Arsenal, his mind goes. Arsenal, he was responsible for at least one of yeah. those as well. Arsenal Which away, means, yeah, he's he had a couple now. Yeah, and he. he just things that are just rash and I think that's one I think somebody asked a question that we're going to probably answer later so I yeah to, to preempt the answer to that Kilman Cody Bolly may be the answer yeah that was that was a question my uh, friend of the show Todd DeWitt who gave me this nice scarf from Colorado Wolves mm-hmm. um he he said that is it going for a back three of Kilman Cody Bolly and you preempted it, yeah, Jafar, because I think since the AFCON, he hasn't been the same player that he was before he went at all. This, these great, mistakes, yeah. these mistakes didn't happen before Christmas. So I think he's losing the ball a bit more as well than he was. He, he was very good. I think one of the main stats that Lars brought up um, was his progression with the ball and progressive passes. I think he's one of the highest in the league for progressive passes from the back. Um, but I don't know. It's a case of maybe him getting found out, or the team getting found out. But they're getting cut out a lot 
more now. I remember one in the first half, we literally just passed it straight to a Leeds player for them to come on to us. Um, and luckily they didn't take it. But um, yeah, he's. I, I agree, since January he's dropped off. Yeah, and then I think you were probably worried about the, the third goal as well, the, the winner. And, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've got a kind of weird appreciation for Luke Ayling. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's his, his hair and I'm kind of envious, but he's um, <laughs> he just seems a nice, a good pro. And so they're kind of begrudging his, his little kind of Robbie Keane tribute act that he, he seemed to be doing for the celebration. But did Bolly fall asleep for that? Because he looks uninterested. And he wins he the first, him? doesn't he? He wins yeah. the first and then he just sort of leaves it to bounce on the deck. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, like, bizarre, bizarre. Like, he had a decent game. I thought Bolly before that. You know, he, yeah. he, um, he didn't really do much much wrong. He's, he's looked, pretty, you know, looked pretty solid. But then, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he wins the first, and then I don't know if he's scared about maybe giving a pen away. Maybe I remember he had that one in the first half where he absolutely clattered someone because um, he was half a second. Well, I say half a second, more like three seconds behind. But um, maybe he's worried about doing that again and giving away a light pen. But um, to let it bounce there is just it's criminal. Yeah. I mean, I hope I hope that's just rust because he hasn't played many games. I hope that's just him getting up to speed. But we can't have that sort of situation where somebody's not ready to come back into the team and makes mistakes and gives away goals, especially in that situation. So, yeah, like you say, it's, it's unforgivable that he bounces. Um, but it's something they've got to keep working on and something they've got to learn from and move forward now because... Every game, and I'm full of football cliches tonight. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but every game's a cup final now till the end of the season in our in our um, quest for European football. I'm well, a bit more. Sure. I'm a bit more relaxed, you know. Now, <laughs> almost, it's like I've sort. I wouldn't say no. Given not not at all, but um, I think ultimately we are where we deserve to be. I think eighth spot is probably about right, and that's still a fant- I, I still a fantastic achievement this season. I wasn't expecting that. Um, we still got a ten-point cushion, I think, to Villa in ninth. Um, I mean, if we were to finish out, it'd be a great season. It's just frustrating that every time it looks like we're nearly there, we've just we've just fallen below um, when we've had chances to really make up the difference and really make a go of it. Um, so I'm sort of a bit more relaxed, maybe now. Yeah, I think we'll well we'll come to that. Um... In a bit, because we'll we'll talk about the the next. Since we've been doing blocks of four, we'll uh, we'll look at the next four games in a bit. So we'll go to an ad break, and we'll be right back with you. Hi all, Gully from Wolves Fancast here, and just like all of you long-suffering Wolves fans, I know exactly what it feels like to be lacking. A creative spark here, some outside of the box thinking there, but our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media are here to help. They're a creative agency that cover all of your web design, branding and marketing needs with our very own WolvesFanCast.com, a fine example of their work. So much so that I hear Jeff Shee is looking to do a deal this summer. For now, it's back to the team to ask just where the Diogo Jota money has gone. We may have just had our answer. So where did that jot of money go? Who knows? Um, <laughs> well, we, we, we're free of European clutches now, so we, we might actually get an answer to that. We should have mentioned that at the start, really. But <laughs> that was, um, that was a, a bolt out of the blue. I didn't see that one coming. 
Um, no, no, good news though. Well, yeah. we'll, see, we'll 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 see how much good news <laughs> yeah. it is, but yeah, time will tell on that one. It's it's good news on it's good news on paper, but it only gives us oh we can we can spend seventy million quite easily. But yeah, what was that report as well that was put up on on Twitter? Is it a Swiss thing, Swiss report or something? Yeah, like Swiss that? ramble. Yeah. Swiss ramble. That was an interesting read. Um, looked good, to be fair. Um, you know, there's a lot of positivities come out of that, but they've got no excuses now. No. Nothing to hide behind. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, like I mentioned before the break, we've been when Rich has been doing this thing that the like reviewing blocks of four games, and he kind of this has tied nicely. And I'd actually after last time I wrote mine down, so I remembered what I'd said. So we we had Palace at home, Watford at home, Everton away, Leeds at home. Jeffo, do you remember what you what you would have predicted uh, pre Palace? Probably not, but I, I probably <laughs> would have been. I would have been probably drawing Palace and beat Watford. Probably a one-one Palace, and then uh, probably a two-nil against Watford. Because uh, I had it as I'm going to write this down again, like you. <laughs> I'm going to write this down this time. So I had it as we're going to lose to Palace because we always do. Um, that sounds like me. It sounds like but, Stu, Stu Bragg coming up here, lads. Yeah, it, well, yourself. it's it's actually we actually ended up with one point more than I thought. Um, I thought, well, we'll beat Watford because they're Watford, and why? <laughs> how can you not? Um, and then I, I thought we'd draw against Everton and Leeds, so we came out with six in the end rather than five, which is still is that great? Mm. Six out of twelve off halfway, exactly halfway in the league. It's not wonderful, is it? Really, it's it's average. Average, average doesn't get you Europe, unfortunately. Uh, so, what was you, do you remember? What yours with Tom? I think I think I, well, I, I wanted nine, but I think I said I would take an eight. Um, so yeah, a bit behind the curve for me. Yeah, seven wouldn't have been terrible. Um, yeah, very very average, really. Although I, I didn't think we'd beat Everton. Actually, I thought it'd be the other way around. I thought I thought we'd maybe draw with Everton and, and beat Leeds. Yeah, yeah. I thought well, Goodison's always even though we knew how bad they were. I, there was something about Everton. I thought we, we're not going to lose there, but yeah, it 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 just seems so deflating now because it, I mean, that that could have been that could have been nine, well, nine out of twelve, amazing, superb, and now it's not at all. Um, so we'll look forward. We'll look forward and be positive, maybe. Um, <laughs> so it wants to start. We've got Villa at home, Newcastle away, Man City at home, and Burnley away. Uh, Jifo, 12 I've points. I've just scribbled down and it's pretty depressing reading. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I've, I've gone for four. Well. Yeah, I've gone for a draw against Villa. I've gone for a loss to Newcastle and City and a win against Burnley. And that, that's pretty depressing reading. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. I mean, thought got... Newcastle are playing really well. And then City, City, so... We've got that ten point buffer to Villa for a reason, so it's uh, it might be okay. Um, <laughs> what about you, Tom? Uh, I'm going to go very, very slightly more optimistic and go five. Um, I've got a feeling I'm going to beat Villa, but I think we'll I think we'll probably at best draw with Newcastle. I think we'll lose to City and, and draw with Burnley. I, I, we never I can't I can't see us beating Burnley, unfortunately. Um, so I'll go five. 
I'll just say there's no cheating involved. <laughs> <laughs> I had three. <laughs> uh, um, draws against Villa, Newcastle and Burnley and lost to Man City. But, I mean, weird really because we don't draw at all, do we? It's either, it's either win or lose. So, I don't know. This is, I mean, watching, watching Villa today against Arsenal, they were... They still seem very Villa to me. I don't know about you. They, they just seem, for all the kind of bravado and noise that comes out of that place, they don't seem to have improved that much. No, yeah, they, I agree. They didn't. They didn't seem like. I didn't think they were going to score today against um, Arsenal. It just didn't seem like if they'd have played two games, they wouldn't have scored. Because. Mm. I think a lot of the problem they're having is they've got three players playing in the same position with Buendia, Coutinho and McGinnis trying to occupy all the same space. And I think it's, it's hard. He's fought, Gerard's finding it hard to try and amalgamate all these players into his system and into his formation. And um, so I think a lot of the players are standing on each other's toes on the pitch when they've you got could, all the attacking midfielders on. Yeah, and you could throw Ings and... Um... Watkins in that as well, which the the pretty much the same player. Yeah, they're, 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 I think they're a decent team, but they you know decent ish. Um, again, I think at this stage of the season, generally you, you, you position the table as about about where you are as a team. Um, his, his interview after the game was interesting. With uh, there's Kelly at BT. I don't know if you've seen that. It's a bit salty. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a bit salty on that. Um, so I don't know if things are getting to him a little bit, but. Uh, if they if they start men turn it on, if Coutinho and Ramsey, you know, have a decent game, we're in, we, we, we might be in a bit of trouble. And if Neves isn't fit, we might be in a bit of trouble. But um, I don't think we've got anything to fear. No, I know it's I know it's a couple of weeks away, but Neves has been spotted tonight on on, on Twitter with a knee brace. So, but he was at the airport, uh, wasn't he? Wasn't yeah, he at the airport? So, it, so he's, he's he's going to Portugal potentially. Yeah, so he, he, that's what I mean. He can't. He, he wouldn't be flying if it was dangerous for his for his knees, would he? So that's got to be purely for protection only and just precaution. You'd hope. Fingers crossed. Or do we hope? Or do we hope he's got a little bit of a knock and it puts him out of the? You know, <laughs> so no one takes a punt in the summer. It's not a bad show, is it? <laughs> uh, no, get well soon, Ruben. There, there was um, someone mentioned it last week about should we rest him. For this game, for the the game against Leeds, so that he's he can't be suspended against Villa, and you think, well, will he will he make will he make that cut off point? Will he make it without ten yellow cards? Because if he plays against Villa, I can't see him not getting booked. No, agreed. Yeah, mm. I think it's just a risk that we've got to take with him because I think as we alluded to earlier, when he's not on the pitch, we don't play as well. And and hmm. the tempo in our football just isn't there, and everything goes through me. He's our little maestro, who who makes everything tick. He makes he give, he gives us our our pace to our plays, our build up play. Like everything goes through him. He, he dictates the game and the way that we play, in the way that Moutinho can't do that anymore, and the way Dendonka just that's not part of his game. So. Lager has to take the risk and play him in the games that if he's fit, he plays because there's no point now in worrying about ifs, buts and maybes when it comes down to yellow cards and suspensions. We have to go all out and try and finish on as many points as we can. Yeah, and obviously that's that's two games without Raul as well now. 
um, which I was, I never even, it never crossed my mind that it was two games because I thought, oh, it's two yellows. But then obviously because of what he did earlier in the season, apparently that matters. So, um, but since that's so far away, what do you usually do on an international break? Are you full, full England like me and Kim or are you more like Gully and don't care? Don't care. Although I am going to the under-19s game. England versus Republic of Ireland, so that's a first for me. Yeah, I like, I like to watch him. I like to watch him be the Patriot. So, um, yeah, it's nowhere near as exciting if it's not a major tournament. Everyone knows that, but um, no, I quite like to watch him. Particularly if there's a, a you know someone having his debut or um, you know some someone in in really good form or something like that. Yeah, I quite like to yeah to check him out. I mean, friendlies against Switzerland and Cote d'Ivoire are not really the um, the most in- exciting things, but they could have been if a certain Max Kilman had been called up. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> now, we've got a bit of time. Um, <laughs> we said, we've had our little rant about referees. Gareth Southgate apparently watched him in two games. The two worst games he's had all season long. If you're England manager and you've been taught, you've had this guy been having world, well, worldwide praise, maybe, um, countrywide praise everywhere from Wolves fans and fans of other clubs and in the media, you'd think you'd go and watch him more than twice, wouldn't you? And is this a London thing again? Because I think if we got it, someone's commented, I think we've got um, something about, um, look at the uh, comparison between him and Gay. He's a product of the England schoolboys and the age teams. He's gone from Chelsea to Palace. Naturally, he's going to get picked, isn't he? Yeah. I don't think he's the only one who can feel uh, hard done by because uh, Fakayo Tamore is he's yeah. probably the best defender in Serie A this season. Yeah, for like mm-hmm. key, key stats for a defender. So I think Ming's getting in there again, and Maguire is just ridiculous. Yeah, the pair of them. When it comes to friendlies with internationals, this is when you need to blood players like this and try players out. Because if you don't, you'll never fucking know. And, <laughs> and I'm sorry to, to swear like that, but... It's explicit, don't matter. It's, it, it, it frustrates the living out of me because when it comes to major tournaments, you want to have your best players playing. And that's why what makes... Germany so successful. What makes Spain and Italy so successful is they rotate. They try these players when they're playing well in the league. They give them international time because how the hell do you know that they're going to be good in an England shirt or not if you don't give them a game? It's true. You can't play that. You can't play the um, well. He's you know he's played the card with Sancho and Rashford. They're not in form, and then you use the absolute opposite to that. Do you see what he said about Maguire? Well, we were always going to pick Maguire. Um, because of this, this, and this. It's like, well, you can't pick, you can't leave someone out based on form at the one end of the pitch, and then pick someone at the other end of the pitch, even though they're shit. And Mings as well. I mean, okay, he's watched two games of Kilman. Has he watched any games of Mings this season? Because I can't even find a Villa fan who rates him. So how can he possibly rate him? <laughs> yeah. It's it's beyond a joke. And like you say, Tamori, Tamori, I was amazed at. I think Maldini said he's the best defender he's he's seen at Milan in the last something like ten years or something ridiculous. He said. Um, so how he doesn't get in a look in is, is, is a joke. I mean, as well, absolute fair play to him for it. He's been there for just over a year and he's he's doing interviews in Italian. Mm-hmm. 
Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I know like Garolini can speak Spanish and a few other people do, but it's still, it's probably a national shame to us that it's so amazing that a player goes over there anywhere and speaks the the local language. And yeah, fair play to him. And did you see what he said about, um, I think it was Ben White. He said that he'd, he'd been called up again because he'd been playing under pressures. You think, well, with the pressures of the Premier League that Max Kilman has played in as well to a better standard all year long. Mm-hmm. It's total hypocrisy. And I, I, when they, they put the first thing on in the morning um, on the England Twitter, or the FA Twitter, whichever one it was, and saying, who do you want in the England squad? And I just put, not Mings, or not Maguire. And there were so many replies from people all over the country saying exactly the same thing. And it can't be Maguire. And then he's picked Maguire, Grealish as well, <laughs> and Mings, who have been bang average at best. And there's players who've played out the skin all over the country, like we've said, who don't get looking. It's just, it's something when he said, oh, we're going to get picked on reputation. And it took him, what, all of two or three years to be in the England network. And it's all exactly the same as it always has been. Yeah, yeah, well, agreed. It's not. I, I don't think. I, it doesn't surprise me because he was under twenty-one manager, and he's he's one of the jobs for the boys sort of guy. He always come across like that, South Gales, and he's always been one of those who's looked towards the players that he's coached before in the under twenty-ones, and he's always picked them ahead of everyone, independent of form. It's been one yeah. of his criticisms as a, as a manager. It's hard to be critical of, of you know his performance as a manager. Tournament has been fantastic. I mean, oh, yeah. you know that it's better than any other manager we've had, well, you know, ever really. Um, in that, but like you said, Jafo, they're friendlies. Mm. Let's give some kit. Let's give some a go. And it's not like it's hand out a cap brigade like it was under some managers. You know, um, <laughs> any any old. You know, we were yeah. probably somewhere on the pecking order on that one. But like you know, these days there is some quality quality English mm. players that deserve a look in. Yeah, they're not the likes of your Sam, uh, not Sam Ricketts, what was it? Michael Ricketts. Michael Ricketts, people yeah, like that. Yeah. They're not like that. These are no. established uh, Premier League footballers who are doing it week in, week out. They are top-class individuals and top-class performers for their clubs. They should be getting recognition internationally. And, they, and to be honest, if I'm Kilman now, if you don't get called up in the next one, you should be looking at being called up by Ukraine. You can't, I, I, though, he, can he? Have you seen that? No, he can't yeah. because of the futsal stuff. Because oh, futsal's really? re- regi- oh. yeah, because that's recognised by FIFA. That's messed up. And he's played for England futsal. He can't play oh. for any like actual proper football that's, side that's, other than England. It's mad, isn't it? Really that is. Yeah. Did you know yeah, he played futsal? He's... <laughs> I, don't, never, <laughs> no, I don't think anyone knows nobody's that a, fact. Nobody's <laughs> mentioned it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's... It's the fact that he's played more than three games of futsal as well. The, 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 the rules still in place for that as well. I mean, playing three games for your country and then deciding that you can you want to be something else is just well, it's another story. See, we can get mad about other things other than walls. That's that's the best the uh, the takeaway tonight. Um, so we've got a, a, a small smatter of Twitter corner, but I think we've uh, we've it was Rich by the way who mentioned the Mark Gay thing. So what was you giving me credit where it's due? Um, so we get to Ash Dowland first. Is the refereeing performance masking an abhorrent defensive display? 
I think we've kind of touched on that. Is it time to take Sace out? But is the only person to come out of that performance with any credit, Johnny, overall? Yeah, and Trinkau. I thought Trinkau had a very good game. But, but Johnny, I thought, yeah, I can't believe how good he's been since he's been back. It's, it's unbelievable. I'm going to have to disagree, man. I'm going to have to disagree. <gasps> I, thought, I thought he was quite bad in, in parts against Leeds. I think he let his, his the winger run past him too easily on three or four occasions. And maybe that's just the, the rustiness in his game, but I thought he was um, beaten quite easily down that left-hand side of Leeds quite a few times. I, and I don't think anyone came off quite well in the end. He had a couple. I, th- I remember a couple. I, I think, I mean, it's nice to see him on the penalty spot for the, for the, for the goal. I mean, it, yeah. I, I love Samedo, but he doesn't take up those positions. No. Um, I don't know, mate. I, think, I, I, I thought he was all right. I thought he was all right. It's maybe just the depressive nature of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, have watch, negative you have to watch the game back, mate, and it's all, all its glory, oh, just to bit raise it. My uncle did that. He did it when because it, it, the replay it's like 12 o'clock, don't they, or something. And he watched it again before he went to bed. Why? Why would you do this to yourself? Is he he a sadist? (laughs) Well, I saw him this morning when I finished work and he he was ranting and raving in the car. So you've had hardly any sleep. It's it's like half nine in the morning and you've watched that again twice. (laughs) Why? I mean, I I didn't think I could face football today and I thought, no, I I, I have to power through it and just take it. It's almost like a like a football hangover. Just just get just get back on the wagon again and enjoy the two games I watched today. To be fair, yeah. um, <laughs> from <laughs> Dean Marsden, this one percentage of blame for the capitulation put to the following: officiating, Bruno's tactics, or the defence. As I've, as I've touched on, the game was decided by one decision and one decision only. Okay, granted, stuff happens afterwards, but if that's enough doesn't happen. That game's three four nil. End of. I don't think there's any debate on there. It's yeah, like the yeah. you know Verstappen Hamilton thing that was decided <sighs> by. It won't go. Yeah, let's not get into that. Yeah, it's the weekend, but um, that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Love that cap. Um, that was decided by one person and one person only, ultimately. And yes, okay, there was a lot to be said about our defending afterwards, but none of that happens if that decision is correct. Going off what you guys are saying, for the percentages, eighty percent ref, ten percent Bruno, ten percent roll. Just for the first yellow card, <laughs> which is fair. Um, it's for eight Louis, Louis De Wolf. Eight players who started last night have been with us since our first season in the Prem. I personally think that we need to upgrade on most of these players if we want to move to the next level. Do you agree? I think, I think that's a little bit harsh, but I think. As we touched on earlier, um, Brim needs to put his stamp on his on the team to to you know try and get his style of football across. And like you said, Trinkau, who is one of the ones he's brought in, and Huang, they haven't really played a lot of games this season, and when they have played, they haven't been as influential. So I think maybe two or three. I I think a mass overhaul would be ridiculous at this point because we've got some incredible talent who've done so well for Wolves. And, you know, I've adapted to life under Lager really well. Uh, and to, to start thinking about wholesale changes is reactionary and dangerous. I, I yep. couldn't agree more, mate. Yeah, yeah. Eight, eight players, yeah, fair enough. You're not going to replace eight, two or three. Yeah, maybe. 
Um, we've needed a centre half for how many years? That's not a secret. Um, that that that, that centre half, I know, size played in the you know in the midfield in the championship, but that could have been our championship centre half. And we're how many years on? Um, so yeah, there is there is some some truth in that, but you know. You don't want Nevers to leave, so you know he's he's one. You, you know you're not gonna you're not gonna upgrade. But yeah, players like you know Donk, Sace, um then then yeah, absolutely. On um, on Nevers leading on leaving. This is from Nag King Wolf eighty four. If Nevers is out for the rest of the season, if he is, hopefully not. Um, could that be a blessing in disguise, as it might put off clubs front and spending big on him? I thought that about Neto though last season. We've had a wasted season with him, so. Yeah, yeah, yes. I thought exactly the same last time, but um, yeah, I, I don't think it is. I don't think it's it's overly. I'd like to hope it's not overly serious. I don't want to jinx it, but um, you've got a couple of weeks now as well to, to, to Villa. And if, as I say, if he's at the airport, he's flying to Portugal, so that was you know assess him over there. That you know, if it's a proper serious injury, that wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Rob Cartwright, this is this one. <laughs> Did Trincao potentially save his Wolves career last night? In a word, no. no. <laughs> They've been a, a, me and uh, me and Russ, Mr. Bilston UK on Twitter. If you want to find him and get annoyed daily, being the only people it seems who like Trincao and have done from day one. And I think you mentioned earlier, Tom, that you thought this was the player that we were signing, and then so did I. This is the player that I saw in the four appearances for Barca against terrible teams. Surely he's, um, he's, I would say, put a few doubters' minds at rest after that performance yesterday, but by that kind of reaction from your father, I don't think he has. <laughs> not, not really. And, and like I said earlier, I'd, I'd get on to it. 15 minutes of good play does not mean he's worth £30 million. One swallow does not make spring. The fact that he was so lazy in the last 15 20 minutes not tracking not putting pressures on shows me what he's really about and i would not want to waste 30 million pounds because that would be another 30 million pounds that's been wasted on a player i don't see having a future at the club he could have been tired he's he's technical he's he's technical but he's one of these i don't think he's got that it factor for the Premier League, and there's many of them. They can perform fantastic in other leagues, but he hasn't got it for the Premier League, and I'm just, I don't think he'll ever have it for me. But if the club want to buy him, they want to buy him, that's down to them. But I, if it was my money, I wouldn't be buying him. I wouldn't be shilling out the 30 mil. I think his performance last night, if nothing else, has earned him more game time. I think we'll see more mm-hmm. of him based on last night than we would have done otherwise. I think he almost written him off, actually. Um, you know, he's putting Ch- uh, Chiquinho on ahead of him, you know, a few weeks ago. I think it, the injury forced his hand yesterday and I think, yeah, he's given given Large, uh, you know, a mini dilemma, you know, in regard to to playing him. Um, I think I think he's earned more game time and we'll see how he gets on in those. I thought Chiquinho actually, I thought Chiquinho did okay again when he came on. Yeah, he, I, I think it's all right. I think he's got a bit about him. Like he looks all right. He looks, he looks like a bargain at this point. He really does. <laughs> he looks like he's got a lot, but he's still he's still raw. But he's he, he looks like yeah. he's 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 got something that they can really work with on the coaching side. And I think uh, I think we've got a good player on our hands. Yeah. Well, say so we've got a good player on our hands and things are bright for the future. I don't know if this comes back to uh, a <laughs> you know Bracht 
Um, <laughs> Vogdorino on Twitter. Should I have my Wolves tattoo removed? Feel like this is a moment he could actually be justified. No, have had run in the first place. <laughs> yeah, either. I always said that I would have a Wolves. Well, a Wolverhampton Town crest on my right arm. That's what. I, that's what I always planned. I've, I've never done it, of course. Um, but yeah, I think if. What do you? Have you? Is it either of you got tattoos of any kind of or Wolves ones at that? No, 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 mate. No, so I, I think it's a very, other than Matt and Andy, it's not a very uh, tattoo-laden group of people here. But yeah, there, I think this comes from the, uh, did you see the Everton guy in the week? Who he had, he tried to oh. burn off his own arm. <laughs> the light I missed that. Across his arm. Yeah. He put oh, loads of fluid across his, arm, his forearm and tried to burn his Everton tattoo off after they lost 5-0 to Spurs. Right, that's the first thing I'm doing when I'm off this. <laughs> I'll have to check that out on Twitter when I get off this. Yeah, but I think it just goes to show what football do to you. That we've uh, that it gets in our heads and it destroys us from the inside out. Yeah, but hopefully this has been cathartic for everyone. <laughs> Honey, it's, I feel a bit more cheery now. I do. It's uh, it's definitely some uh, what would you call it um, therapy. <laughs> therapy. That was the word I was looking for. Therapy. Yeah, some counselling that we've had. I mean, I, I was <laughs> I was sitting there last night on the way back thinking they can sod off if they think I'm going to spend thirty quid to go to Newcastle on a Friday night, and then of course when it went on sale at ten o'clock, I was there while I straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Good lad. They can't take it from us, but. Uh, yeah, we, we've all had, had group therapy now and hopefully everyone listening to this has too <laughs> and it wasn't too painful for you. Um, so yeah, so for this week, in, in, enjoy the international break and we might have something in between, I'm, I'm not too sure, but if not, we'll be back for the preview show in a few days before the Villa game. So yeah, from so goodbye from me, goodbye from Jafo. Good night. And from Tom. Have a good week for all except Kevin Friend. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, everyone. <laughs>